Hello. Hello. <sighs> is that you, Joe? It is me, Micah. Mm, how are you today? I'm tired. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a been a long week. I agree with you. T G I F. Yeah. Although I work tomorrow, so you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have sort of a different schedule than most. I do have a yeah. My schedule, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a it's an odd thing where uh I work well, I technically work four days a week because we've got a four day work week at the uh place I work. Um but you know <laughs> when you're extremely online <laughs> how many days off do you really have? Yeah. I'd say one. But you had some exciting news for your job. <gasps> I do. I did. Mm-hmm. Um I was recording clockwise earlier this week and uh it was before the show had kicked off and we had uh senior editor from 9 to 5 Mac Zach Hall on the program. And uh, as we were getting started to record, he said, oh, um, there's now officially an Apple event. And of course, we had heard there was going to be an Apple event, and we're pretty sure that it was going to be on, what is that, September 7th, uh, which is a Wednesday, a Wednesday. And... um, and I said, oh, did the did the invites go out? And he said, yeah, I just got the email. And, you know, for the last uh, several years, I've always gotten an email around the time that an Apple event uh, happens to say, hey, you know, we're going to live stream the event. Here's where you tune in. And so I uh, opened up my email, again, still in the pre-show for Clockwise, and it had the thing, I think, what is it, far out, I think is what it says, with the space uh, surrounding the Apple logo. Um, and it said, RSVP uh, for the event. Let's see, I'll just find it exactly. Um, what did it say precisely? It said, RSVP to join us in person for a special Apple event at the Steve Jobs Theater in Cupertino. And I read that and um, was like, oh, you know, an event. Uh, th- this is where I'll be streaming live. And then I, <laughs> I sort of stopped and I read it again and it said in person. And then I read it again. <laughs> it said at the very bottom, like invitation is not transferable. And then I realized that I had received a press invite uh, for the first time to an Apple event. And I was very uh, excited about that. Um, so I sort of told everybody, uh, on, on, in the pre-show for clockwise and sort of got the confirmation. Yes, that is indeed what you are thinking it is. Um, so yeah, I am going to be at the iPhone event on September 7th, uh, and get to see the Steve Jobs theater, uh, in Cupertino, which is very, very exciting. Um, this is the the first time that I have gotten one of these invites. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I sort of, I've thought about it over the past, um, well, s- since Wednesday, I guess. Uh, so I guess I, I've thought about it over the past couple of days and trying to 
understand kind of what, where I, or maybe figuring out how to better articulate where that excitement is coming from. Because as a journalist, it is you, you, the, the sort of inherent excitement about like, oh, you got an invite to a press event is not really something that I, I feel like that sits comfortably in my core. But instead, thinking about it from the perspective of the the celebration of of getting to be among colleagues and to uh, better do my job, that is where my excitement lies. Not so much in like, oh, you're going to this exclusive thing that, you know, in some ways the exclusivity of it kind of adds an air of um of a lack of access to folks and i don't i don't you know i don't celebrate that part of it so yeah i i've had some complicated feelings after having this happen um that have kind of roiled within me but overall it's cool to feel the acknowledgement of the work that I do and the um I mean this is this is the one of the biggest and I mean it's, it's the biggest US company, but one of the biggest consumer tech companies uh in the world. And so being able to um you know go to one of these events and learn more or learn sooner and get to ask questions about the devices that I regularly cover. I'm very excited about that. Um yeah, and, uh, and to think it was all because you, you know, do this program that yeah. uh, you are there to represent us specifically. Without unhelpful suggestions, <laughs> I am almost certain. Without all of the complaints that you and I both have had about the Apple TV and uh, the complaints I've had about AirTags and iCloud, AirTag and iCloud, I'm s- almost certain that that this wouldn't have happened. So. Uh, I, I really owe it all to all of you listeners out there. And I thank you. No, but in, in sincerity, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, they are, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed or not allowed. I mean, there, there weren't any notes about not going into detail, but I will just be, um, I'll just sort of be, I'll scrape the surface of there are protections in place that they're doing and uh, in terms of the pandemic and tests that need to be done um, to make sure everyone's safe and uh, healthy to be able to go to the event. Uh, so that I felt good about as well. Um, and also, knowing that like, that was like, front of mind. Yeah, you don't have like international travel or anything you have to do. You're just hopping in yeah, the car. Yeah, I'm just up the road. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Uh, very exciting stuff, and I know everybody at Twit was um, was pretty pumped that uh, Twit will be represented for the first time in a long time at uh, an Apple event. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know, I mean, I imagine you don't since you were so surprised, um, was there like an application process to be there in person? Do they just randomly select anybody? Um, because I don't really understand... Uh, especially during the pandemic, how the mechanism of the invitations worked because um, it made very little sense to send out those invites when they didn't have the in-person events. Uh, so right. now that yes. they do again, when, when did they decide, like, you you come, you don't come, you come, etc.? I think it's not, I, I, I think it's better uh, to not imagine that there's a you do not come 
uh, option. It is simple, and I'm not just you know trying to be. I I, I sincerely believe that. Be, so Apple does all of its PR, or I should I don't, I don't know if it does all of its PR, but it does a lot of its PR stuff internally, and each of the PR people that works for the company has some form of relationship. And by relationship, I don't mean anything other than communication with different people in the tech press and other forms of press. And so the people who those PR people are thinking of uh, as good folks to bring to the event and be able to cover it, those are the people who are invited. It is not as if, you know, uh, 300 thousand uh, different journalists uh, go to Apple's website and click a button and then they filter through all of the different people and say, no, you don't come. Yes, you come. No, you don't come. Yes, you come. I feel like it's more this the case that there are, you know, a list of people. And I have over the course of the last, uh, I mean, since I've started working at Twit, um, have reached out to Apple's PR team on several occasions for clarifications about HomeKit after Apple events uh, take place, getting more knowledge about, uh, you know, the way this certain feature works, uh, talking to them about having people on iOS Today and other shows that I do to see if, uh, you know, we can arrange for someone to come on and talk about the new technologies. And so what I'll say is this, while I was surprised um, to get the invite. I was not completely caught off guard to get the invite, if that makes sense. Um, like that it had actually happened was wild and mind blowing. But when I got it, it made sense to me um, why that had happened because of the work that I do and the work that I have uh, done in, in, you know, making sure that the that everything is as clear and as helpful to my listeners as possible, including with uh, reaching out for statements from Apple and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's it's more about who is uh, talking to Apple and who those people have uh, front of mind as wanting to kind of help, as as Apple would say, tell the story mm-hmm. uh, that Apple wants to wants to tell. And I don't mean that either in the way of like. Oh, this person is super critical of Apple, and uh, so we don't want them at the event. Uh, I think if I think if the coverage is accurate and at the same time critical, kind of like The Verge gets for some reason the people who super 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 love Apple uh, talk about The Verge as being too critical of Apple, but The Verge still regularly uh, goes to these Apple events because. The while they can be critical at times, that criticality is not inaccurate. Um, I should say, in many cases, I, I can't speak for the entire history of The Verge. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that on occasion they can be a little inflammatory, but uh, they're not generally out to just write, um, you know, hit pieces. Uh, yeah, and they and haven't th- done anything like Gizmodo did uh, in terms of like prototype units or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that um, there's also been, and this is just completely anecdotally, uh, a bit of a refocus when it comes to the YouTube uh, Mm. sort of quote unquote press people uh, versus the podcasting uh, people, because 
a lot of what YouTube has to be is inflammatory for the sake of, um, you know, getting those clicks and making sure that people are watching that content. Whereas a podcast audience is typically a more, um, dedicated audience that is going to tune in every week to hear uh, what's going on. And I, I think that that differs a little bit from the YouTube audience where uh, more of what they're doing is focused on views and uh, getting in front of more eyes versus maintaining an audience and slowly and steadily growing it. So, and, you know, I've, I've seen a number of, and Renee Ritchie has talked a number of times about the uh, YouTube videos out there that are just kind of like, pre-planning what the next, um, here's what's wrong with the MacBook M2, and here's what's wrong with the Mac Pro M7. And they've already kind of figured out what they're going to do uh, for the sake of, of that. And I, th- I, I wonder, I should say, if Apple PR has kind of gone, okay, maybe we should um, also bring in some other folks that are not necessarily just... Uh, you know, coming to these events to to get something as quick as possible to try and break it as quick as possible so that they can make a YouTube video to to entirely focus on the thing that's broken. How dare they make a Mac studio that doesn't have replaceable uh, storage? Apple is my enemy now. I remember that video. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I and I definitely agree with you. There is a large majority of those YouTube videos are all like the, you know, the thing that Apple won't tell you about such and such is actually this right. and blah, 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 <laughs> blah. But uh, there is also another contingent, which is um, I don't want to say uh, sycophants, but they're uh, less critical. Um, yeah. And, and get a lot of access, uh, but just kind of. uh don't seem to examine um, the information as thoroughly that they're receiving. Uh, so Glaringly non-critical. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, those, those people also get access to, and I don't, I've never quite understood the value of those YouTube videos other than this is uh, a video with a person explaining the PR, the, the press release. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, uh, but the, that doesn't have as much appeal to me, uh, as someone who is get providing analysis. And like you said, um, there are the more inflammatory people, obviously. Um, although I don't, I don't know how often they get invited to these things, um, as much as the less critical ones. Um, I know like, uh, MKBHD, Marcus, uh, he goes to them and he's not, I wouldn't say he's inflammatory, but he certainly always finds pros and always finds cons uh, for everything. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. definitely he's he's outside of it because I think that he exists in his own class along with a few other folks in terms of just the sheer the sheer um, I think just the sheer bad idea of not having him there uh because mm-hmm. of how much how many people he he has access to that would just at, at default not be a good idea to to keep him from being there but uh when i was at uh, the at WWDC i was i was not invited to the event but i went uh afterward because several of the folks that i knew were going to be there and I saw three or four different people outside of the Apple Visitor Center. It was one person and a camera person, and it was, you know, a DSLR. And 
they had that that typical hey what's up guys sort of mm. feel to it and these were people who i'm almost certain were from youtube that i had never seen before never heard of before and i know that over the last 3 or 4 years apple has been steadily increasing the number of youtube specific or video specific folks who are invited to the events. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if now Apple is also trying to make sure that there is a nice uh, group of, of uh, podcast and audio and, and all the, all the other groups that of course the, the traditional ones have always been there and will continue to be there. But to look at this medium where uh, not only is it an opportunity to, I think, be more critical about things, but be more thoughtful about things because of the the media um, type that you have, and oftentimes the duration that you get uh, in in that scope. So, yeah, um, I, I, would, I, I don't know. I would also say that you, you, not to not to discount um, this, but you're a very hard worker, and you like we were talking about your schedule, like you are on a lot of podcasts. So by inviting you, they are having someone who can talk uh, about experiencing the event in all of those podcasts for those weeks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it is uh, a, a way to have you be uh, someone who gets to absorb that story firsthand and then, uh, you know, have it in all of those mediums in the Twitch shows in the relay FM podcasts in um, this award-winning podcast. Uh, right. And that uh, is probably an added advantage over someone who's going to have one venue where they say their thing and then that's it. And then you that's wait a very week. good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a very, very good point. Yeah. And, and also I think uh, with a more focused coverage too, uh, right. Because a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I do, I mean, iOS today is literally devoted to that, which is why, you know, this iPhone event totally makes sense uh, between hands on Mac, which is a show about all of Apple's devices these days, not just um, the Mac and with iOS today, which I think one of the unique benefits of that show is that we gener genuinely do speak to a non-techie audience with that show and reach a lot of people who just want to do more with uh, these iPhones that they buy. And so it's not, you're not only talking to the Uber nerds um, or, you know, many of the Uber nerds and uh, they're, they're from different backgrounds, if you can believe it. <laughs> uh, all sorts of different genders and I, wait, wait, races wait, I'm sorry. and all that kind of Are stuff. you saying there's diversity that's possible in the audiences? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. And this is, of course, from um, surveys that, that Twit has done and does every year. Uh, iOS Today has one of the most diverse audiences on the show, on the network, I mean. Well, that is cool. I wonder what our audiences i don't want to know <laughs> we've, we've got one think. australian guy uh we've got someone in arizona <laughs> yeah several californians yeah so i don't know there's a handful of people um yeah yeah so um, uh, yeah but uh, i'm i'm excited for you and uh I, I think you're in some ways being a little modest about the just the level of excitement of being personally selected for this sort of thing um <laughs> Hand selected. Yeah. 
like like a, a fine Chianti. Um, anyway, so <laughs> one of the one of the benefits of doing this show um, is that we do reach some peep some folks who are rather knowledgeable when it comes to technology. And after the last episode, I had a couple of folks reach out to me about the AirTags situation. Um, And I can't go into detail. Uh, Nothing is fixed. I will say that for sure. Nothing (laughs) is fixed. Um, But I got some more ideas from one person. um, And also, I... Uh, I don't, I think I can say this. Um, I found a way to be able to escalate, uh, support with some level of swiftness that I did not previously have. Uh, so when it comes time to call support again, I will be able to, uh, skip past maybe the first couple of of rounds of of trying to get to a higher and higher higher person which was awesome and then the other thing was um i spoke to a person who has a lot of knowledge <laughs> maybe even internal knowledge perhaps about the perhaps <laughs> maybe perhaps allegedly reportedly even uh internal knowledge about the um, cloud uh, side of the issue that I was having. And um, having what, what was beneficial about that conversation was that it resulted in me kind of, uh, what is the word? When someone tells you, <laughs> when someone tells you, validation, I was going to say, when someone tells uh. you you're right. <laughs> Uh, but that wasn't quite right. Validation about my um, suspicions regarding where the issue, uh, from where the issue issue hails. So it does seem to be like it's a server side thing, um, which, like I said, was good to hear that, you know, I, I felt like I had run out of all the things that I could do myself. And that seems all but confirmed that that's the case. Uh, so as soon as, uh, you know, uh, probably mid September, I will be off of the beta track um, entirely, and at that point, I will reach out uh, with my special means uh, to <laughs> senior support and get to uh, hopefully someone who can actually fix the problem by scrubbing things server side or whatever it is that needs to be done to make this happen. Um, yeah. So that was that was good. I, I really I, I felt good about having taken <laughs> taken the energy to uh, sort of collect my thoughts and all of the different stuff that I had done in the past and spit it all out for someone to hear and say, "Wow, that's a that's a real thinker." <laughs> I mean, I think it's good uh, that you were able to get this feedback um, from our very dedicated insider uh uh well not insider knowledge uh people (laughs) from our from our listenership that has uh perhaps insights that we uh or other people may not have (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you got that that validation, the the vindication that um, you know this is not uh, uh, just like some little beta thing and whatever. That there is more work to be done. Um, that the the roadblock that was being put up in front of you about the beta flag um, is just something that you'll have to like get around. Punt. It was yeah. a punt. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. But, I, I'm I'm I am good. It's a good thing that this podcast is changing the world for the better. Now, no one with any potential knowledge about any of these things has ever contacted me to solve any of my problems. So, uh, just just saying right there that uh, <laughs> if you if you are on uh, if you have anything to do with the the photo memories thing and you're putting text <laughs> over my boyfriend's face, you stop that right now. Um, and then the other thing, uh, shortcuts on the Mac. Why do they suck? Make them better. Uh, good error reporting. Uh, do all that stuff. Uh, and and uh, get back to me on that. Um, no more read-write error things because some network thing happened and you don't want to say the network thing happened. Just tell me what it was. But, uh, you know, it's just the kind of thing where I can see why, you know, you get that special treatment because people like you and that I'm a crabby person and people don't want to talk to me about how they can fix my problems. No. And I think that in your case, you, the, the, so I can actually see the face of the person who could help you with your, um, your shortcuts on Mac thing. Is it covered by text? (laughs) Bada bing. And I have only ever met that person in person. I am, I doubt that they listen to our podcast. <laughs> I doubt that they uh, know anything really about the stuff that we do. So unfortunately, our listenership does not include the person who could help with that. As far as the photos thing, I don't even know who does that. I don't no. know who you talk to. No. So I imagine that if you were to have see, and I have to be careful because if I if I if I say too much then this person could be identified yeah. but and then all I the would magic imagine, the magic goes away the magic goes away exactly but i would imagine that if the subject area about which you complained um was had an overlap with the person who knows uh, a thing or two about this i, I bet they'd reach out to you and, and uh, have a conversation with you as well mm-hmm. well see they should see that they do <laughs> See that you do, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, have any trouble inc- with your watch or exercise stuff? Because <laughs> I bet you could hear from that uh, person. I mean, I think we all know that insider because um, uh, that insider is very talkative. Um, but uh, you know, not to get them in trouble. Uh, Hello, I insider. <laughs> I don't think that they. I don't think they've ever actually fixed anything. It's just like here's where the radar thing is, and it's like, okay, well, I'm not oh, doing that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's right. It's then, a bot that says file radar. Yeah, not not a, not a person. Just a, just a series of scripts that runs. Um, and uh, <laughs> wait, are we talking about Dan Sturm now? No. Also, a series of scripts that <laughs> runs. Oh man, I, I I don't even know. I, he tells me sometimes how he gets things to run, and I'm just like, why did you do that? Uh, but you know, it makes him happy. Let, it does, and let, honestly, let him enjoy it. I was yeah. I I I really I'm impressed sometimes. I mean, it, sometimes. it's just like I don't know if you ever played the game Mousetrap. Um, that yeah, yeah. It's it's like that every time I like think of it. Except he has so many keyboard maestro shortcuts that it's just like several games of Mousetrap have all been set up, 
and occupy relatively the same area. Um, but he somehow remembers so like three D <laughs> mousetrap, four D mousetrap. Yeah. Well, he had a um, for a long time when we would podcast, Dan and I. Uh, he would uh, cut out when he was getting ready to uh, put the files together and stuff, and I'd be like, well, "Why are you cutting out? Do you put?" It? And he's like, "Oh, well, my." Uh, keyboard shortcut of uh, the uh, uh keyboard maestro macro to trigger the uh creation of these uh files for the title suggestions and links and stuff like that um is overlaps with my uh keyboard maestro key for muting my microphone and i was like why did you do that <laughs> like why why do you just make those separate what? things <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't know he, he's a he's a special person um but uh yeah yeah um I'm glad that you've seen some progress, at least in the past two weeks on your issue um, for your tags. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But um, what else is, what else is new? I, I, I don't really know of uh, much Have you bought any new products lately. Uh, No, I mean, I uh, still have that weather thing. I wrote that up for six colors uh because if listeners are unaware and for any reason you would care about such a thing occasionally i will write a column for jason snell over at six colors uh it is a uh, member post or whatever um consider the membership not because of my posts but there are other better people who write there uh and i wrote up the thing about my little weather thing that puts the weather in my uh my menu bar um and uh i i like it it works most of the time sometimes there's a network hiccup and it'll tell me that the shortcut failed to run. Uh, and those notifications don't stack for some reason. So I just closed five of them right now. Um, <laughs> but it runs every 10 minutes. Uh, so the fact that it only failed five times since yesterday uh, means that something happened on the network five times between yesterday and today. And I don't know what it was. Uh, but uh, but that is just the nature of things. Um, someone in the Six Colors Discord, because that was another member benefit that they added, um, referred me to uh, a Reddit post this morning, uh, which I haven't tried yet, but apparently the uh, app for Nanoleaf, um, if you download it and you hook it up to your Eros thread network, because Nanoleaf is the only company that is supposed to work with Eros thread network for some reason, because thread isn't actually thread everywhere. Um, you You know more about this than I do. Uh, probably, but uh, it, it it was one of those things that hadn't occurred to me. Was like, oh, there's incompatible versions of the brand new Thread network that exists within my home now. So <laughs> that is uh, a thing. But apparently, according to him, and I haven't tested this yet, if you download the Nanoleaf app, um, then even if you don't have a Nanoleaf product and set up the thing, then it will reset the Thread network stuff, mm-hmm. and then it will see the Eve potentially, um, and then it will relay from my Eve to the Apple TV 4K that is, th- you know, in, in the, down in the living room. Because um, right now I can tell you one point of failure that I've diagnosed is that if anything happens in terms of network uh, or the uh, uh, power, um, like if the system restarts um, from installing an update or something, for either of my Apple TVs, um, it will shift which one is the home hub and oh, then I have Lord. to manually go into the settings and turn off the home hub down in the living room and turn it back on again so that that way it forces it to be the one in the office, which the Eero can actually talk to. 
um, I'm sorry, which the Eve can actually talk to um, over over Bluetooth. Uh, so I, I don't know why it does that, um, but it does. And it's weird. One of the things that I did um, with my HomeKit network was I used to have iPads um, because back when HomeKit was first introduced, Apple let you use, at the time, two devices uh, as home hubs, your Apple TV and any iPad left powered and left powered on and at your home. Then when the HomePod came out, they added the HomePod as an option to be a home hub. And it was around about that time that they stopped uh, mentioning in different places that you could use your iPad as a home hub. And now at this point, using your iPad as a home hub is actually detrimental to your HomeKit network because going forward, um, when the next version of iOS rolls out and iPadOS rolls out, um, the iPad as a home hub option, it will not be, um, you'll be grand grandfathered. I don't know why my voice went there, but grandfathered in, um, if you have iPads that are home hubs already, but it will prevent you from being able to net update to the new sort of network protocol that Apple's been working on that m- leads to better connections between different devices and better Bluetooth relay, uh, and of course, thread and matter support. And so I have already gone through and preemptively removed iPads as home hubs from my HomeKit network, uh, such that only the HomePod Mini, the HomePod, and the Apple TV 4K that are in my home are the home hubs that I have. Uh, and that did improve some of the issues that I was experiencing early on uh, when I had uh, added some thread devices to my network. Um, that seemed to clear a lot of the stuff up, but uh, I, running the uh, iOS 16 beta on my iPhone only, again, because of uh, AirTag stuff, um, have yet to see the option pop up in the Home app. So I don't know when it's going to officially be available, but at some point there will be a little um, kind of tag that pops up that says, hey, would you like to update to the new protocol? And if you have iPads that are connected as Home Hubs, Apple will tell you that you'll need to remove those before you update and then if you don't, then you can just update uh, right then and there, and it will add it. And again, those have that option has not been made available yet. But um, one of my favorites, I think it's I think their name is Steve Moser, could be Moser, um, who regularly goes through and diffs the uh, n- you know next rollout of iOS and iPadOS and all that to look at what's different. Uh, that text tagline regarding updating the network uh, has been in the beta for a couple of beta runs now. So um, I imagine that either when the GM gets released or uh, when it is officially released sometime in mid to late September, um, that is whenever we will see this new network protocol hit. And uh, at that point, what I will do is (laughs) go around and unplug my Apple TV I'll hit update first, then I'll go around and I'll unplug my Apple TV, my HomePod mini and my HomePod, and then plug them all back in and then um, wait for everything else to reconnect over thread that is thread supported in my home. 
uh, and use it that way. Because over the course of the beta, I have, I have had a few times where my office is almost entirely uh, set up with thread-enabled devices. The lights and the uh, plugs and and the controller that actually does the work of, of turning on and off everything are all thread-enabled. And there have been a couple of times over the past uh, four or five months where pushing the button uh, just does nothing. And because of how fast and responsive thread normally is, then you know there's something wrong because normally I can quite literally hit the button and immediately it's just like a boop bum. There's no, there's no hit the button, wait a couple of seconds for it to Bluetooth over. And then it does the thing. No, it is immediate. And so I know when there's an issue and, uh, the thing that always fixes it is unplugging my HomePod mini and plugging it back in because the HomePod mini is serving as my, uh, main thread router for everything in the home. And so, yeah. I remember Merlin man complaining about that on a podcast a while ago is that sometimes it would just randomly pick a home pod mini to be the like home hub. Um, and you just really don't have any control over that, which is a similar problem to what I'm having with not thread with the just regular home hub, uh, wife over Wi-Fi stuff, um, where the older Apple TV, um, HD fourth gen, um, is in my office. Um, and it's the closest one to, the Eve device that it talks to over Bluetooth because it does not have thread. And then my uh, Apple TV 4K is down in the living room. And between there is the Eero Wi-Fi network, but it can't be used for the thread stuff. But I'm curious, like once we have, once we have matter, um, whenever the heck that's happening, (laughs) uh, what controls we will have over what is in charge of managing these connections. Um, yeah, because it's supposed to be like, oh, it's this robust self-healing mesh network. And it's like, well, if the fact that I have to like just toggle things on and off or power cycle a HomePod mini or whatever, just get like the correct network settings. That's yeah, not a that's solution. Not exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't like I, I don't know if you've done this. You may have mentioned that you did uh, with your Eero settings. Do you have the thread option turned off right now? Uh, it was off by default, but I turned it on for a while and then I was like, why doesn't this do anything? And then I read the documentation that it is not compatible with Eve. Um, or it's sorry, not official documentation. All the forums say it's not compatible with Eve. It, all and that their, is true. All of their documentation on their website just talks about Nanoleaf and it's just like, that, what, what, what is the point of thread as a the problem? Yeah. Un- unfortunately is this is actually on Apple's end. Um, Apple is doing what it calls HomeKit over Thread. And so what what you have to have is a device that specifically registers a HomeKit device using Thread, which right now the only devices that can do that are a newer Apple TV or a HomePod mini. And eventually the... Uh, the idea is that any thread will work with any thread, but Apple's HomeKit over thread devices will only work if they can be registered by a HomeKit over thread router like those ones. And so that's why Eero can't currently um, connect with the Eve because Eve has always been kind of an Apple HomeKit first uh, 
company. And so it, it you know, if you want to get the best, ro- most robust connections out of it, then you have to kind of do the home kit over thread thing. Um, whereas NanoLeaf will, if you were an all Android setup, um, you can use the Eros thread network and NanoLeaf's own thread network, depending on what devices you have, because there are some NanoLeaf devices that are also thread border routers. Uh, and that can all work independently of any HomeKit stuff. But basically, you can't have both just yet, which is rather annoying. Now, in your in your copious research and your many podcasts, has anyone talked about what's going to happen with Matter at all? Um, because I've just only heard the buzzwords and coming soon and it's going to happen someday. Um, matter over threads. So here's the thing that, um, I think folks fail to understand a lot and it's by no fault of their own. It's by the fault of the, I think the messaging that has happened, uh, around this because thread is so heavily tied, uh, sort of advertising way and PR way to matter that the two kind of get uh, grouped together. But it's important to understand, think of um, matter existing in its own uh, kind of pocket. And we're going to mention, so uh, in my right hand is matter, and in my left hand is th- are three things, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and Thread. Which and one maybe- fills up first? <laughs> and then maybe in my pinky finger is NFC. Um, <laughs> it, it matters less, but it is it is there. Uh, it matters less. So mm-hmm. for now, we're we're sticking to my left hand, where these three uh, slat co- three comma four things exist. Um, there are many devices right now that use just the Wi-Fi network, typically two point four gigahertz Wi-Fi network, to communicate with one another. And so you may buy a like Costco now sells Wi-Fi bulbs where you you screw in the bulb and it has an app that connects it over Wi-Fi and the two communicate together um, directly. So basically, the app sends like an HTTPS uh, request or communication to the the server, and then uh, the server tells the bulb what it needs to do. Then there's Bluetooth. Uh, you can also buy Bluetooth bulbs and Bluetooth switches and Bluetooth this and Bluetooth that. Um, these are s- strictly Bluetooth devices where you can use the Bluetooth on your phone to connect to them. And many of them are crap. And I almost never recommend them because of the slow nature of them, unless you're working with something like what you're using, where it's a polling feature, um, where it can kind of collect data and then send it out over time versus I need to turn off this light. So you need to do this immediately, but I'm sleeping right now. No, I need to do it right now, but I'm sl- okay. Finally, I'm awake. Okay. Okay. We're turning off the light. That's why Bluetooth ends up being an issue. And then there's thread and thread is technically a, it's technically a Wi-Fi slash IP slash ethernet, uh, protocol, meaning that it uses the internet protocol for communication but it is its own independent network, uh, separate from just direct, straight-up Wi-Fi. And so it uses uh, its own unique kind of area of, of the spectrum to do this communication, and so it can kind of create its own individual network. So we think of these three ways as the means of communication 
the signals that get sent between devices to control them. And the reason I bring up NFC is because uh, for some reason, a lot of the smart tech industry is enamored of NFC and they like to use it for authentication. And so you will see a lot of devices where you simply tap your phone to it. The NFC says, this is what I am. Uh, this is what you're trying to connect to. And then it does a handshake and it can do authorization. So you'll see Wi-Fi bulbs that also support NFC for authentication, Bluetooth devices that support NFC for authentication, and thread devices in particular that support NFC for authentication. Um, rather than having to climb underneath a table and look for the code or scan the QR. Now, that's my left hand. Now we're going to go to my right hand. In my right hand is uh, matter. And matter is a it is a, a concept that is technically a protocol that says, I want for there to be a common language and a common network um, by which all of the smart home devices in my home can talk to one another so that there is kind of one source of truth. And no matter what I choose to bring into my home, I can control contact and communicate with all of these different devices. And the idea is that you may have an Amazon device that is a voice device, or you may have one that has a screen on it. And I may use Apple stuff almost entirely. So what I need is for a way that Apple, and in this case, Siri, can know that there is an echo uh, show or just a straight up tower or, you know, now I guess they're kind of orbs in my house and know what capabilities they have. Can, is this device an audio device? Can this device um, show things on the screen? So that way I can say to uh, Siri, I can say, play uh, the Beyonce's new music video, I guess, on my uh, office echo show. And because of matter, which shows Siri that I've got an echo show in my home that is connected in my left hand over Wi-Fi, it can go, oh, I know what you want me to do, and then send that information to that Echo Show and be able to display it on the screen. Now, it's up to the individual uh, companies and those developers to decide how that happens. So it could be that through Matter, then the Echo Show can start uh, supporting AirPlay. So then uh, on the Siri side of things, it will you know pull up uh, the video that I have in Apple Music and airplay it to my Echo Show because Amazon supports and this is this is of course uh, in the near future. I'm not saying that this ha this exists right now, but in this you know imaginary world, uh, Amazon has uh, worked to make sure that that airplay support works. Or it could be that Siri tells the Echo Show. Um, this person wants to play a video. Uh, this is the video that it wants to play. And the Echo Show can go, oh, I see. It wants to play a video. I'm going to use my inbuilt services like YouTube or uh, whatever it happens to be, Amazon Music maybe, to find that video and then play it. And then the reverse could happen. I could have a NanoLeaf um, light bulb that is supported over thread. 
and I could say to the, um, I, I can't even say this out loud because G-O-O-G-L-E doesn't care if you say hey before it or not, it still will trigger. Mm. So the, the I think I can say this, the Google device, um, I could say to it, uh, turn on my uh, NanoLeaf desk bulb. And in this case, it has thread support built in. And so it can just communicate directly with that uh, nano leaf bulb and turn it on. And it doesn't have to do any of the other routing. But Matter's purpose is to make it so that anything that supports Matter can kind of look at your network, recognize everything. And regardless of if the connection has to happen over Wi Fi or Bluetooth or Thread, it can make sure to. Uh, talk to the right device, or it itself can just talk directly to the device to make that command happen. And then you don't have to worry about having all these disparate devices and going, oh, the only way I can get this uh, light strip to turn on is if I use Google to talk to this light strip. And the only way that I can turn that light on is if I use uh, Amazon Echo to talk to that, uh, that specific light bulb. It's going to just let you use whatever you want to use. The problem that is kind of at the heart of this is surrounds rather the way that each of these companies are going to choose to implement uh, matter support and how far they're willing to go to make sure that, you know, all of the capabilities of these different devices will be available because I'd love a world where my TV in the living room, uh, which has a, uh, of course it has the Apple TV, but it also has a Chromecast HD or 4k, I mean, or whatever the, the, there's some Chromecast that does 4k and blah, 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 blah. And that's plugged into the back. And it would be super cool if I could, you know, just in, in the case where I need to kind of have something show on screen, I don't have to think about talking to Google to get it to work with the Chromecast uh, specifically. Um, and as an aside, the reason I bought that a long time ago was because the Chromecast 4K or whatever was the only thing that supported um, sharing what was on the uh, VR the Oculus uh, Quest 2's VR screen. You, for some reason, they didn't support streaming to any other dongle. And so I've got it, and I don't ever really use it these days. And, but it would be nice if that could then make my TV another smart display that would work with that. So, yeah. Um, speaking sort of bodily, matter is kind of the fascia, F-A-S-C-I-A, I believe, um, that will connect all of the, it's the webbing that exists between all of the different parts of our body uh, to let them all connect and communicate with one another, regardless of what system it is, be it the, uh, the nervous system, circulatory system, skeletal system, in which case those are all of the different uh, big tech companies that are possibly in your home. Yeah, yeah, I understand the goal of the interoperability um, and it's up to them to implement. I, I just haven't seen them articulate. There aren't any examples. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, they keep saying by, you know, basically the end of this year, um, we're going to start seeing stuff. Uh, and at least for Apple, um, and Amazon has promised that, uh, matter support will be coming to 
the Eero Pro that I have, for example, because um, I don't have the latest Eero 6, but they're even going that far back. Uh, they say generically Echo and Echo Dot and Echo Show, but they don't say what generations of those uh, qualify. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. But um, if, let's say, they all this stuff happens and it, and it appears, um, we just haven't seen any software that is designed to control or manipulate or steer any of these things across these various other things, which I find a little disconcerting because Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when that would happen because, you know, in a very similar way, like you were talking about the interoperability needs to be implemented by all these uh, different companies that have agreed to these rules. Um, So it's sort of like, browser companies agreeing how to render a web page and what features to support in CSS or whatever. Um, so now it's up to them to make sure that this page passes the acid three test or whatever. Um, and <laughs> right. I, I just am a little disconcerted. I, I, I find it a little disconcerting that there's no examples of like, this is what will happen with matter um when you go to manipulate your network or set up your network or whatever because like in the eros thread network settings there's a bunch of information that's in there about um your network id um the uh, how to get devices on there and what to provide to those devices etc um and with apple there's nothing about thread there's no indication of what's happening with thread um uh, it just kind of is a thing that is there on the device or it isn't. Um, and so you don't, you don't get that experience and there's no way to control it through HomeKit like we uh, talked about. So I don't know. I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, confused about like what... Reasonably confused and concerned. And I think mm-hmm. all, any of us who are not part of the uh, working group are uh, because the most access we have is just sort of what is provided for us there. And then also digging through, uh, for example, Apple's developer documentation related to uh, Matter, which talks about um, some of the the support that it has uh, for Matter. But it doesn't, for us, we, yeah, I mean, it goes back to what you were saying before, is that there's not really a way to see um, a way to kind of get an example of the uh, the actual experience, the actual user experience, and that is frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I wish I didn't have to like sort of believe these promises a little bit because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying to like wait and see on some of these purchases, which is why I didn't buy uh, the MyQ uh, hub for the garage door. uh, And that has been discontinued now. So uh, that that's not happening. Um, But uh, I, you know, I finally bought that Eve weather because it was cheap enough um, and it's thread and they promise to support in the future. And it's like, okay, I guess, but like, I still am a little like iffy on like, what are we talking about the future? Like, when's it going to happen? And what what will it actually support? Like, is it going to just wind up being like the situation now where my Apple TV and my Eero don't want to talk to each other? Uh, and, and neither does my Eve weather. Like, uh, and I would assume not because of all the reasons we talked about. Uh, but uh, it, it just doesn't feel like there's anything firm. And I haven't seen anything in the betas about it um, at all, uh, which is weird. 
especially if it's supposed to be this fall. Uh, I don't know if they're just going to wait until like the like end of like November. If they're, I figured this is the kind of thing you'd want to have at an event, not necessarily the September event, but there's you know rumors that there's probably going to be an iPad and Mac event in October. Um, and it's just like, well, do you unveil your thread network then? Because that wouldn't make any sense because it doesn't have anything to do with those devices. Uh, I, I'm sorry, not thread network. Uh, your matter support then. Um, but uh, I, it, it's weird that it's one of those things that was definitely promised um, in the WWDC keynote a couple months ago. And is I don't see anything anywhere uh, for it from them. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not the only one either. Um, there's... For a long, I think since last year, there's been this uh, nearby device protocol that Apple has supported that has to do with using the ultra wideband chip in the Apple Watch, the most recent Apple Watch, and also in the iPhone and in the HomePod Mini. And I have not seen any apps from developers that have made use of that, nor have I seen any um, consumer facing products that make use of that outside of the specific to find my devices uh, that use that. And like there is a demo app uh, in the developer section of Apple's site where you download and install the app on your iPhone and download and install the app on your Apple Watch. And you can basically move your Apple Watch around your iPhone and an arrow on the iPhone will point to where the Apple Watch is. And of course, it's just an example to show how that nearby interaction uh, system works. The only thing that I have seen related to this is not consumer facing, and it is um, a very expensive uh, prototype where you buy four different devices that you mount into each corner of your room. Each of these four devices support uh, the nearby interaction framework and ultra wideband. And then by having these four devices in each corner of your room, then your whatever you happen to have in your hand, the phone or the Apple Watch or whatever, can basically tell where it is because it has four beacons uh, that it can use to kind of determine its location amongst those four areas. And then doing that, it gets really good at sort of mapping things to the room. But that still is just uh, an example. It's not a real uh, sort of user-facing or app-based feature that is worth anyone's time to look into. So yeah, there are a few of these systems that systems and features that I'm just kind of going, hmm, I wonder what's going to come of that. When will something come of that? Is that uh, around the corner or what? But I think more than anything, you're right that um, matter, the matter group is kind of letting folks down a little bit by not being more forthright uh, with, as you said, clear examples of how this system works and what it will look like. And I think that that has a lot to do with um, companies being afraid to be over promising <laughs> and then, uh, unfortunately under delivering. So they're all kind of being hush hush about exactly what it'll look like, uh, from their end. And I think that it's also hard if you have competitors and you want to say, oh yeah, you'll be able to use your Apple device to communicate with, uh, Amazon's device. But then what if Amazon doesn't pull through in the end with its, implementation of the matter framework 
such that you can't then use your Apple device. So Apple can't really show that stuff off and then vice versa. Uh, Amazon just as easily can't really say, oh yeah, you'll be able to control your HomePod using uh, AliExA because you they don't know that for sure. And this first round of Matter devices are um, really about those kind of third parties, light bulb, light boat, light bulb, light, light bulb, <laughs> light bulb and dimmer, uh, a switch, a contact sensor, a door lock, a light sensor, an occupancy sensor, an outlet, a color bulb, a window covering, a thermostat, a temperature sensor, and a flow sensor walk into a bar. That's a crowded bar. Um, uh, and not, not to... Uh not to go back too far, but uh, when you talked about you didn't know if there were any consumer facing features uh, for that uh, nearby device mm-hmm. thing, um, I think there actually is one in the TVOS beta. Oh, because um, now they have a, uh, you can complete a purchase on your Apple Watch, um, which is something they didn't previously do. Um, it's terrible, by the way. Uh, I tried to do it the other day and I was just like, oh, this is so much worse uh, because you're not double clicking on it like with the Mac. Um, what? Uh, you don't double tap the side button? No, no. It, it, it asked me to enter my password for my Apple ID. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I my to, password for my Apple ID is so long. I wouldn't I, want to tap that on my little Apple Watch screen. Exactly. I, it asked me to enter it on my Apple Watch. And then <laughs> while I was doing that, you know how sometimes with the TV, it'll detect that you're kind of like struggling entering text into a field. And so it'll throw up the keyboard prompt on your phone uh-huh. and your phone will buzz and be like, hey, you yeah. can enter the text here. Well, my phone buzzed and it said, hey, you could enter the text for your Apple Watch on this phone. And I was like, screw you. <laughs> there is no way. That is so silly. <laughs> Why do I need to do it from my phone to my Apple Watch just so it can show up on the TV when probably the second I tap on that, it's just going to cl- close out of everything. And then I'm going to have to retype my password in from the get go. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what everyone was thinking with that. I mean, maybe this is one of those things where because it's in beta, like um, I needed to log into the Apple ID for the first time and then it wouldn't ask me to do it again or something. But it's not Hopefully. clear. Yeah, I, I, I would I'd not want to go through that effort at all. Um, so it'll remain a mystery. Uh, but uh yeah, I, and like you said, they they are not um, making any specific promises with the Matter stuff. It's all like, oh, we're part of the Matter working group, and we're going to work with Matter. And it's like, okay, and it's like, well, and we're you know board members of of Matter is like something that Amazon has on their website. And it's like, ah, great. <laughs> what does it do <laughs> for for the people who are using your products, and how will it work with everything else? Like in in a real example, but uh, you know, we'll get there eventually. Maybe. Someone's going to have to ship something at some point. Yeah. Someone is going to have to show me something. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. Well, it's just the thing I really don't want is like, oh, matters here, but turns out your uh, your network doesn't work with it. Turns out the Eve sensor won't work with it until, you know, sometime next year. So it'll still be right. HomeKit over Thread. And, you know, I, I just don't want to get into like, I don't want it to be more fractured in our quest to make it. Whole. Less fractured. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. But yeah. uh, And I think yeah. that that is also, that has contributed, I, I do truly believe that that has contributed to the delay, uh, that they really, that that would be a bad experience. And so that's why they keep pushing it back and back and back, because they would like to have the uh, main companies that have said that they're going to support it all ready to roll and truly get everything out versus 
rolling it out and it's like, oh, but this one doesn't support it just yet. And so when you're trying to wait for everybody to be on the same page, that takes a lot longer. Um, so yeah, I'd rather continue to wait for it and have it all work than to have them roll it out sooner. And some companies are still waiting to hop on board. Some of the big companies, I mean, are still waiting to hop on board. Um, preferable to just, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get there. I just want you to get there all the way. And, uh, you know, I will uh, pause here at this stop sign and wait for you to catch up. Mm-hmm. And on that note, of us Goodbye. pausing at the stop sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone get out of the car. Uh, get out. <laughs> I, uh, and don't forget to tip and rate me five stars. Yes. Thanks. And, and pay careful attention to Micah as he covers the event. Um, oh, please do. Yeah. In, in a yeah. little bit. I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I got to talk to Jason Snell about what I should bring and what do um, I wear? <laughs> what do I, what do I wear? Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe I need to get a new shirt. Mm. <laughs> Well, I'm also curious to find out like how, how it all goes for you. Cause I, I know that those hands-on areas after the event are always like a zoo. Um, mm-hmm. but you bump into quite literally, um, a bunch of people. So, uh, I don't know if you're going to, you might get to shake Tim Cook's hand. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Be like, hi, Tim. Hi. Hi, Tim. Good morning. <laughs> And he'd say, get him out of here. (laughs) From all accounts, he seems to be personable. So uh, I think he'll he'll be uh, pretty safe. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. We'll see. (laughs) Bye, Micah. Bye.